0: Welcome to the TXG Podcast. My name's Ian Fraser. I'm Matt Boyce. We have been talking about doing this for quite some time uh, on the back of obviously uh, the work we've been doing on our YouTube channel. We've been talking about it for,
1: I want to say we've been talking about it for a year.
0: At least a year, And that's just with me. I know you've been
1: talking about it for even more than that probably.
0: This has been something I've been really, really keen to do, but something about it feels like this is the right time to do it yeah absolutely um, i think I think the community that we have sort of around us now is is sort of, of the size that mm-hmm. that it's the right time to diversify uh, our content and and sort of give a different offer uh This was kind of born the idea from uh turning our q a into That's into right. a podcast
1: which a lot of uh, a lot of listeners actually comment that i yeah. should say listeners uh, viewers of sure. the live streams, yeah. say i like listening to this mm-hmm. uh just the audio obviously not yeah. watching a video in the car but i'll drive to work and i put the audio in from live can it be yeah. great if you did that as a podcast mm-hmm. um so that would be obviously that we would want to make a real podcast which we're doing yeah. um but i think it's great to sort of tap into an audience that uh, we may find people mm-hmm. that, that just love golf podcasts that that maybe have never yeah. Seen what we've done on YouTube, which, sure. uh, which is interesting to me. And I, I wasn't really into podcasts probably till about a year, year and mm-hmm. a half ago. Um, and since I've kind of listened to others and I have my own favorites, I think I've sort of slowly developed an interest in, in being part of one as yeah. well, just cause it's, there's something very sort of, uh, just, it's different. It's different to sort of experience something audio only. And I think yeah. the the format's different, the people we'll talk to is different. You can access people differently. Um, it's going to be very worthwhile, I think.
0: I think that, that that last point you made there is exactly where the value we'll bring on the podcast will mm-hmm. be. Um, <clears throat> being re- sort of fairly remotely set, you know, here in Toronto, yes. uh, we don't have access to get to the UK as much as we would like, get to the US as much as we would like. Mm-hmm. So times like the PJ show, we, we maybe do get in the same places yeah. as, as a lot of the people who we would like to have on as guests. But the reality is everyone has busy agendas that week. It just, it's not really possible. So no the the sort of uh, platform of the podcast is mm. going to give us a, a phenomenal opportunity to spend, you know, thirty to forty minutes per week yeah. with some sort of industry expert who will, again, just add further value to our
1: community. Absolutely, and I think the format of it being, you know, a little more conversational. Yeah. Um, I think we're fairly conversational in a video, but I think the time frame is is obviously quite different. We can sit with someone now for forty five minutes and mm-hmm. and just you know talk. And right. uh, and kind of get their story and, and things that they're interested in. So um, it's going to be a, a nice wide reach for us, yeah. um, and yeah. something that we can really, I think, we can do. Uh, you can meet with people a little bit more easily. Yeah. Trying to make a video together. Well,
0: and I think the the nature of the development of the podcast is going to be again based on the same foundations that we built YouTube channel on, yeah. which is to listen. Uh, Absolutely. You know, who do you guys want us to try and get in touch with? Um, you know, our sort of ideas. There'll be there'll be instructors there will be, um, you know, fellow YouTubers, perhaps, yeah. you know, people who are in in that similar space. I For mean, sure. you know, we're in that space, but we don't live in that space full time. So I'd, yep. I'd like to get the perspective of some people who are, who are living in that content creation Good space full time. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to get some, you know, players on there. Yes. Uh, you know, some, some, you know, people who are playing at the absolute, you know, top, top level. Um, you know, as I said, we said, instructor, instructors, biomechanics experts, mm. just people who can add value to the
1: community. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and especially people that I think, I mean, we're obviously very fortunate to, to have access to these people, but yeah. most people aren't going to have the ability to have a conversation like yeah. that with, with some of the top instructors in the world. There people who are executives sure. at club companies and sort of understand why, you know, what they watch on the golf channel yeah. is the way it is. Yeah. Um, so I think it, um, we're hoping it will be sort of that access to the industry yeah. that, uh, that people kind of want to have. Absolutely.
0: Well and, and we're starting off with uh, with a bit of a bang. Um Absolutely. you know, two people who you know, we, we were we had to make a decision who mm. the people were that we we brought on to sort of launch the podcast. Yep. Um so you, you can only do that first episode once.
1: It's <laughs> very true. They live forever.
0: Yeah. They forever. Yep. they're immortalized uh, in this day and age. So um, you know, picking Andrew Rice was yep was a very easy decision for me and um, you know, very fortunate that he's a busy, busy man, as, as all the people will be that we get on the podcast. 100%. Um, you know, we never gave him too much notice. No,
1: well, the, I I mean, I, <laughs> I don't even mind saying, it. I think that's just the beauty of, yeah. a pod, and, I, and I think that was a moment of sort of inspiration I had just today yeah. when we started as I mm-hmm. thought, man, like this would be really hard to do in a, in a film format. Like yeah. imagine trying to get to the same city, to the same place, carve yeah. out the time, that's film it, right. you know. Uh, and, and just this format just lets you do exactly, you know, we make yeah. a call. It's great that you obviously have a relationship with Andrew mm. and Gareth from uh, episode two. We'll hear yep. from, um, it just, it's just cool to be able to do this. I think with, with sort of less, I want to say less effort, it's just sure. less, uh, less delay. Really. We get to do it right away.
0: You're right. I mean, so I was down, uh, I was down in Pinehurst last week and, mm. uh, Johnny wonder sends me a text and he says, uh, I'd like to be in the podcast today. So I've literally just came off the golf course, 10 minutes. Yeah see uh see the the message so i go grab a shower quick bite to eat and and then there we are we can you know we i can be sitting with with a group in pinehurst he's i don't know where he where he was anywhere could have been anywhere (laughs) and and we can uh we can jump on and and do a little uh a little a a little
1: you know just touch base stay uh, at
0: play yeah
1: yeah. No, I love that. Pretty Sorry. cool. That was my headphone there. Um, that's why it's episode one because I <laughs> <laughs> learned how to mute my, uh, my laptop. Do you yet. know what I love about that's this? Hilarious.
0: This is, uh, this feels like the first day we shot like,
1: <laughs> the first YouTube video. I don't know if it's as bad as that, but it's, it's well, not it's, it's, as bad as that. That's <laughs> for sure. Them. That's for sure. It's well, I think if I could remember sort of like some of the, the, the not, not just funny, but sort of just yeah. genuine moments from those first few shoots, it was mm-hmm. like, this is the way I think in this day and age, you start something. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't see the value anymore because this, you know, the internet is the beauty of this. You get mm-hmm. to sort of, uh, you get to post, get feedback, you yeah. get to just do it. You don't have to go through the usual channels of television stuff. And it's, you know, when we filmed our, filmed our first video, we literally had no idea what was going to happen. None. Um, I think, I think this time we have a little, a little bit more yeah. confidence yeah. Uh, because we we have established an audience already, but mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's. I think I like the way that this is going to evolve the same way the channel evolved yeah. with with everyone's kind of input.
0: Yeah, I think th- this is the type of stuff that's going to uh, add more fuel to our fire, mm-hmm. um, vary the the content that we yeah. offer um and just just yeah just touch base with more people on a, on a daily basis so you know if you don't you know see us on youtube you can listen to the podcast yeah you know we'll, we'll try and make it as as frequent as we can just as a front expectation i think the chances are we'll probably go what do you think two a week
1: podcast episodes yeah. i would i mean i would firmly say one, one to a week, two a week. Um, yeah. and if we have weeks i, I think We've gotten to it. Well, it took us quite a while to get into a really nice schedule with, with the YouTube channel. That's right. Um, and I think we're both very happy with how consistent we've been. Yeah. Um, I think with podcasts, I mean, I I would venture a guess to say it will be easier to be consistent because just the, the nature (laughs) of recording is a little bit less involved. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once a week for sure, and yeah. then if we have, you know, we have stuff going on that we want to share, we'll we we'll can sprinkle in an extra one here, uh, a little screen. bonus, yeah. bonus
0: piece of content. Well, um, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Andrew is is an interesting guy. He, you know, he comes from a, a really interesting background. In episode two, um, which we do with Gareth, yeah, same sort of thing. You know, incredible sort of uh, story and and sort of. That his day-to-day life is is, is quite Very unique working with the absolute best players in the world uh so I, I think you know it would just be a good one to sit back and and just listen to, to these guys oh i think so too. give an account of of what it is they do on a day-to-day basis
1: and this uh this isn't just uh isn't just equipment mm-hmm. it won't be just golf equipment so i think this the timing of this is great yeah. because we just we really just started kind of venturing into a little bit of instruction content sure. Um, and seems and, to be going well and I think people are enjoying it yeah. quite a bit and the comments seem very positive mm-hmm. I, I think we both enjoyed filming those episodes too um, so that I think is part of and obviously uh, we dipped our toe with doing some golf vlogs yeah. and stuff like that which we're going to do more of so this is a nice, I think, step of of uh, TXG being a part of golf, yeah. not just part of equipment. basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I think that's very well put. Okay, so our, our first podcast here, our first guest ever. Very exciting. Um, so someone very well respected, very well known in the industry. Um, Ian, that's Andrew Rice. And you've uh, had a nice history with uh, with Andrew over the years working together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when we decided that we were going to go down this podcast route and mm-hmm it's always a a milestone is is episode number one and you always think who are we going to get for number one yeah let's make that a special one let's make that one that we look back on and and uh, have a real fond memory so Top of my list was was this man.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think um, from what you've shared um, in the past, the testing you guys have done together, and I've I follow Andrew on Instagram as well, just seeing his videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems like a very very uh, smart and interesting guy. So I'm I'm looking forward to kind of getting uh, getting some thoughts Absolutely.
2: from him. Absolutely. So, so right. here we
1: have it, Mr. Andrew Rice. Andrew, welcome in. Thanks for being
2: with us here, guys. Such an honor, really. Episode one, I first know. guest. <laughs> uh, truly honored, hey. That's great. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking top forward of to the it. list.
0: Top of the list. So why don't we, for the, the very, very few people who will be listening to this who do not know who you are, why don't we start at the top with a little origin story? Let's, let's kind of get the, the backstory to who Andrew Rice is. Well, um,
2: 1987, I came to America from South Africa, played college golf at the University of Central Florida for four years. Uh, following that, I chased the dream, for uh, I would say another three years or so. And I was, while I was in college, I was taking lessons from David Ledbetter. And when I got to my third year of playing uh, professional golf, I decided I needed a more regular paycheck and thought what better thing to do than stick with what you know. Not that I knew much about teaching, I (laughs) thought I did at the time. (laughs) And, um, And so I started working for David Ledbetter In the mid-90s, and I worked with David all the way up until 2000. And from there, I moved up to South Carolina, uh, a golf course just outside Hilton Head. I was there for 15 years as the director of instruction. And then about four years ago, I moved to the Western Savannah Harbor Resort in Savannah, obviously, and uh, really enjoying it there. I love the people there. And uh, I must say, I do like the resort side of things. Um, just for what I like to do as a coach just makes it that much easier for me
0: yeah and and we'll we'll kind of we 'll dive into that part because uh, you know i've i 've obviously been there with you and visited at at the uh, savannah harbor uh resort and it 's an incredible resort it's it 's in a great setting just right across the river from savannah the old town and uh just a phenomenal venue so Let's, let's kind of dive back into that because at that time joining David Ledbetter on his staff, I mean, Ledbetter was was huge at that point. I mean, he was obviously doing his work with Faldo right around then, it must have been when you joined him. Yeah. What was that like?
2: Trace, mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, it was, looking back, I was so fortunate, really, to work for um, the guy who was pretty much the kingpin in golf instruction at that really time. Anybody who was anybody had to go and see David Ledbetter. Mm-hmm. And it really mm-hmm. wasn't even close at that time. And, uh, and so to be able to work for David and learn from David um, for the, the five years, five or six years that I worked for him uh, was truly invaluable. But the big thing for me was I had that David Ledbetter name on my resume yeah, and but, it just made it so easy to go and you know it was it was the onset of golf instruction really and so all these clubs were building learning centres and I don't mm-hmm. even think there were businesses like what you guys have at that point yeah. yet TXG um, it's, it's and so true. that was still coming but it's it's amazing how it's all just grown pretty much from from the mid '90s particularly the golf instruction club fitting just let's get better at mm. golf mindset.
0: Yeah. No. Very true.
1: No, it's it's. I think it's um. It's interesting to hear someone like yourself working with the top coach at the time. It's and Ian, you've seen this in the industry as well. I think the willingness for those at the top of golf to share with people that are wanting to get into whether it's coaching, mm-hmm. club fitting, things mm-hmm. like that. It's uh. I think that's probably why golf instruction is growing so fast. Yeah. Is that people that are like yeah. like yourself, Andrew, that are extremely uh, good and and very well respected. You're willing to to you know spend time with a coach that may have just started, and Ian does that with club fitters as well or people that communicate with him online yeah. so uh, it's it's just always nice to hear that before sort of the internet age I guess you'd call it that that you sort of uh, yeah. sought David out and, and worked with him for you know thirteen years is amazing really when you think mm. about it that he was willing to do that and and obviously you've passed that on to people uh, onwards from there so it's yeah, it's awesome
2: I try to uh, you know I try to and uh, I think it's so important for Yeah, it's tough for me to say us older guys, but you know, having Mm -hmm. been around a little while now, um, I'm certainly getting there. But I think it's important for us to share uh, just the mindset of teaching. And it might not be, well, you've got to swing this way, or you've got to fit somebody this way. uh, But just how ultimately what we do, it all comes down to relationships, it all comes down to people, and how you make people feel and how you treat them. And I think that's well, that will never stop being important in any industry, but in particular in ours. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. really well said, I think. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And it, the, uh, it's interesting. I, I didn't realize that you were in with lead that early. So, I mean, I, I know other parts of the Andrew Rice timeline, um, but it, it really strikes me as, you know, you were, you were in at the start of multiple things here because I know that how early you were in uh, on the social media game very early one of one of the sort of pioneers yeah. i would say you know it's very true you know in terms of yeah. sharing information that's that's kind of how sort of uh, i think you and i obviously pre-atlantic golf club in, in long island you know i kind of hoyt uh, introduced me to your stuff on social media then obviously the, yeah. the trackman stuff that you were doing at the time you were you were doing research on things before really anyone else was was using it as a as a research tool, and, and you were sort yeah. of using that for the betterment of golfers and teachers and, and you know and fitters like myself and you know you know I'm, I'll, I'll blow the smoke for you, but you really have been a pioneer in that <laughs> sense. It's true, <laughs> it really is. One you
2: of know, that, of you. That, thanks Ian. You know, I I remember when I went to Atlantic and I was exposed to TrackMan for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, I looked at this, uh, what was then quite a large orange box. And uh, I said, man, just think of all the cool stuff I can test, you know, and and understand better. And, you know, I I still remember um, getting duct tape and taping pennies. To the outside of golf balls and hitting them on TrackMan to try to simulate mud balls, and mm-hmm, you know, out. hitting a golf ball off the cart path to see if that made a difference and if the ball really was pinched against the ground. And um, you know, really, a couple. Uh, full disclosure: a couple of days ago, I was sitting down and thinking to myself, and I said, "You know, Andrew, you've got you've become so busy mm-hmm. that you don't do that kind of stuff anymore." And I must say, that kind of stuff still mm-hmm. appeals to me. And so, really, what I'm going to try to dedicate myself to in 2020 is is getting back into that. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to work in three month segments. And I'm going to, uh, with the help of Dr. Paul Wood, Eric Henriksen, the guys at Ping, um, Sasha McKenzie, another great Ping ambassador, uh, I'm going to tap into their expertise and their ideas and say, guys, come on, what do you want me to test? I've got this." Fairly large body of students. And how about this wedge test or this putting or this green reading test? And I think there's so much interesting stuff uh, that we have yet to learn about human being athletes. Mm-hmm. And that can only ultimately help us uh, improve as coaches and do a better job as coaches. So 2020 uh, is my year to commit to getting back into that curious mindset and, and, and testing things and trying to understand things better.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think, and, and you've kind of almost touched back on, you know, the, the things that make you happy, the things that make you tick, um, what you yeah. enjoy doing. And I think we always find the best in ourselves when we do that, Andrew. I really believe, you know, if, if you're going to try to uh, perform at your highest, you have to be happy doing it. I really believe yeah, that. Yeah, so sure. and, and I know for that how sure. passionate you are about doing that sort of And So um, talk to me a little bit about. Part of, of what I saw you doing was the wedge project. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what that was like and uh, and, and what the findings you found from that. Yeah, you know, it was it was exciting times,
2: Ian. Yeah, you know, I, 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 one thing I wanted to understand was I knew, and we've all done it as golfers, we get down and we've got this 30-yard pitch shot mm-hmm. and we hit the shot and the ball comes off at about head high. It feels great. Mm -hmm. but it looks kind of strange. The ball comes out really low and everybody you're playing with is screaming bite because (laughs) they think you've thinned it. (laughs) And you, you're standing there going, just relax boys. Watch this thing when it hits the green, because it (laughs) takes skip, skip and jams on the brakes Mm -hmm. right next to the hole. And that was a shot that I really wanted to understand. And so um, I would say it took, uh, I spent a, a good uh, a good three or four years uh, running through data and doing tests and i 've tested every you know a club with no grooves, a club with vaseline on the face, range mm-hmm. balls' be mud balls you name it um, trying to understand how spin rates work and launch angles work and and really the findings uh, were as follows there 's a lot of golfers believe that you know, if the more loft you deliver, in other words, if you open up the face of your lob wedge and you take a full swing, you're going to spin the ball a lot. Well, mm-hmm. that's actually not the case. You get to a point where you're delivering too much loft and your spin rate comes down. And so there's a certain loft you can deliver. For most golfers, when they're hitting off of fairway grass, not off a of mat or not indoors, Um, When they're hitting off of real live grass, I would say about 45 degrees of loft is optimal. A nice, clean, fresh wedge with a premium golf ball on the receiving end. And if you get good, clean contact with no moisture or matter between the face and the golf ball, um, then you're going to start to get that low-launching, high-spinning, ultra-controllable chip or pitch-type shot. Um, I also noticed that golfers tended to do better when they ran the club along the ground, when they didn't get the club stuck in the ground, less mm-hmm. less divot centric and more skimming the club along the ground. Uh, a couple of technical things to to help with that certainly get the handle rising through impact, keep your face and your head releasing through the shot, keep your body rotating through the shot um, seem to make some nice differences. And, you know, I, I look at that and I, and, and I put that out about five or six years ago and, uh, I look at it as a body of work and I go, it's kind of stood the test of time quite mm-hmm. nicely. There's a few tweaks I would make here and there. Um, but it has held up quite nicely.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know we we saw you doing a lot of that stuff at atlantic and at, at berkeley and uh, you know a lot of that uh, stuff is is what i hear you still talking about today and in certain little phrases like landing the plane and and all that sort of yeah. stuff take you yeah, take me back to that which is uh which is really really cool um what so i know there was other projects that you were looking at you were going to do a driver project did did you ever expand on yeah. that series
2: I didn't, you know, I, I really didn't find enough of a body of work, right. um, to, to put it all together and get it out there. I will also say this, that, you know, and, and Matt mentioned this, the, the, the internet age, mm-hmm. uh, this flow of information is so much greater than it ever was. And certainly in the last four or five years, um, that flow of information has got out there. And I think, uh, not only golf coaches, but golfers, if they're keen enough, they can go and find out stuff. Why does the ball curve in a hook fashion when I hit it off the toe? You know, what mm. what, what, what difference does a 460cc driver make? You know, what does this shaft mean? And um, I think golfers are to the point where they understand that a lot better. Uh, certainly not all of them, and there's plenty out there who can learn a whole bunch more, myself included, Um, but the flow of information is a lot greater now. And Mm. um, I think the market for something like that has decreased with this easy access to Mm. good information. If you know where to look, Um, but you know, as, as you guys have seen with what you've had this tremendous success with is people still want to hear the advice of experts. They want to, they want to get your take and, and, Uh, the the cool thing that I see with what you guys are doing is it's the same thing with golf instruction. Uh, Golfers who go online typically are are heavily invested in the game. They love the game. They're golf geeks. Uh, And they want to have that voice, that person that they can relate to, that they understand and that they can uh, comprehend and apply into their game. And, And you guys have formed those relationships with your viewers, and it's really cool to see how much it's grown. It's awesome, man. Oh, we appreciate that. Yeah,
0: no, thank you. That that, that certainly means a lot. And I think yeah, that that community that, that kind of you know we've tried to to cultivate is is the key to the growth of our channel. And just you know keep keep giving them what they're asking for. Keep listening. Uh, I think that's one thing we've yeah. tried to be very very good at is is listening uh, to to what people are asking for, not just doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, more more answering the totally. the requests of of our community. Well,
1: ultimately, people will tell you what what they need to know, and it's it's Such actually to listen. Yeah. Yeah, as, as Andrew was saying that about drivers, it, it actually makes quite a bit of yeah. sense because I the wedge videos we've done that yeah. I think you mentioned early on were kind of inspired by Andrew's wedge sure. testing, Absolutely. the wet wedge wet testing. Wet we wedge test was the big one. I mm-hmm. think the comments we received there was more uh, like genuine shock yeah. about results like that than there's ever been for driver stuff. Yeah. There's some driver videos we've done I think that yeah. found somewhat i guess um groundbreaking is a bit of a strong word but you know what i mean something yeah, that's not a what shot to them yeah, yeah. The wind, wind testing but it's funny that the wedge testing uh specifically andrew and even technique wise uh, we just started doing a little bit of that on the channel as well i think a lot of what you're mentioning you know how less loft actually is going to help you with more spin things yeah. like that i think you're right it's it is much less understood than than the full swing and i think maybe that's just people are drawn to driver videos because that's yeah. you know golf is most interesting off the tee let's be honest people want to hit it further yeah um, but the wedge game <laughs> yeah, is just yeah. it's completely and by myself i'm i'm so guilty but I, I you know i don't understand 90 percent of what you really should and i'm mm-hmm. just now starting to kind of get how tour players hit it you know so so nicely with the wedges yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah it, it really is um there's a tremendous amount of misinformation out there guys and, and, and i see this in all genres of golf you know be it uh, green reading to club fitting to golf clubs full swings um so there's a tremendous amount of misinformation out there and and there really has been very little information be it good or bad pertaining to uh the wedge stuff and this is the way to do it and this is what causes the ball to spin and this is how it spins more and you know my my favorite is someone comes to me for a three day golf school and they go, Andrew, you know, I, I, I uh, I'm really, I, I, my ball never checks up. Mm-hmm. Well, what ball are you playing? Yeah. Uh, just whichever ball I find, you know? Well, mm-hmm. okay. Let's start there. Okay. Let's yeah. start there. Um, it's the golf ball doesn't know you're not a tour player and yeah. you are, if you've got the right stuff and you just strike the ball properly, which anyone can do, mm-hmm. if you strike the ball properly with the right equipment in the right situation, you're going to get that ball to check up no matter who you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew, recall
0: that little story from Berkeley Hall when uh, I think it was Pat Goss was working with Kyle Stanley. I think it was Kyle, and, and they were trying to get the ball <laughs> to up.
2: Ga- it was Gary Woodland. Oh, was it, it Woodland? Was Gary wow. Woodland. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us that, one. that I mean, that's pretty much why Gary won the Open. You guys didn't notice that? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> we're about to find out it took out 10 one. years to kick in it took 10 years to kick in <laughs> this is um, a beauty. but you know uh, uh, i i uh, i know many of us and certainly people who are listening in will remember that shot that gary woodland hit off the 71st mm-hmm. green That's That's right. pit That's right. that pitch that 64 degree wedge mm-hmm. off the green and I can still close my eyes. And that ball was low like crazy. Um, It landed on the crest from one side of the green to the Mm -hmm. other. And it had all kinds of check on it. And here's a player hitting a 64 degree. He didn't take a divot. The club Mm -hmm. skimmed the ground. um, And that was the peak of friction. He delivered just the right amount of loft. He certainly struck it perfectly. Um, What a shot. What a situation. But um, the story with Gary Woodland was quite interesting, and and Pat certainly won't mind me telling it because I've heard him tell it on a few occasions. (laughs) Um, But a long time ago, Gary was playing in the Heritage event on Hilton Head, and he was practicing um, leading up to the event a couple days before out at the course I was at. And so he's got his Callaway golf balls and his fresh Callaway wedge, and Pat's out there, and they're hitting wedge shots, and Gary's hitting like a little 25-yard little pitch shot And I'm watching, and I've watched, you know, half a dozen shots or so, and the ball's going much higher than Gary intends, and it's landing on this skinny portion of the green and rolling over the back. And after every shot, Gary is cleaning his club, cleaning the grooves with a tee. And uh, so I'm watching, and and Pat leans over and says, when he gets it right, it comes out much lower, and it takes one hop and starts next to the pin." And so I'm watching, watching, watching. And the ball keeps going high, hitting on the green and rolling off the back. Doesn't have very much in the way of spent. And so eventually I figured it out or what I hoped I had figured out. And so I said, Pat, would you mind if I said something? So Pat says, yeah. So I go up there and there's Gary cleaning his tee with cleaning his, his face, the grooves with a tee. So I said, Gary, can I have a look at your wedge? And I look at his wedge and I see what I'm expecting to see. And, uh, I said, "Uh, what do you see on the face, Gary? He said, nothing, it's clean. I said, take a close look. He says, no, it's clean. I said, where's the towel? So his candy brings over a nice, fresh, white towel. And I give the face a light white with this damp, wet, white towel. And, uh, of course, the color on the towel is green. And Mm -hmm. Gary's technique was fine. He's hitting out of nice, tight lies, nice, tight grass. Um, But what was happening, and and this is important for people to understand, is that the club on appropriately struck pitch shots will actually brush along the ground, the grass, prior to getting to the golf ball. And so what was happening was the club's picking up little bits of grass on its way into the ball. This grass is getting crushed between the face and the golf ball. And Gary's cleaning out the grooves. Well, on a 25-yard shot, those grooves don't play much of a role at all. Mm-hmm. And so he's leaving that green film. I call it green slime. He's leaving that on the club face uh, but cleaning the grooves. And so as he hits more shots, that film is building up, and it's getting thicker and thicker. And so now the golf ball isn't being gripped by the flat spots between the, between the grooves at all. And so I said, Gary, the only thing in my estimation you're doing wrong is you're not cleaning your club properly. Hmm. You're cleaning the grooves. You need to clean the flat spots. And I would recommend you use a damp towel to do that. It's much better than a tee. So he looks at me. He's kind of an intimidating guy. You know, he hits it, <laughs> he hits it maybe five, five to ten yards lo- yards longer than me. And, <laughs> um why are you guys laughing? Eh? I don't know. <laughs> I've seen. I've <laughs> seen, seen it. It's like <laughs> only five to ten. Greg <laughs> knows that I'm swinging at like one oh one. So uh, so so he's an intimidating guy. Looks at me like you know you must be crazy. And so he, I, I clean the club off. I give it to him. I say try that. And luckily, the next four shots come out really low. One hop <laughs> and stop next to the pin. And I said, guys, have a great day. As I walked mm-hmm. out, I got out of there. But um, it really, it, you know, I like to relate that story to people because it goes a long way to illustrate that, yes, there's there's some good information out there that, you know, world-class caliber players, world-class caliber coaches are not yet aware of. This was 10 years ago, so people yeah. are certainly more aware of it now. Um, but I know there's tons of golfers out there who, who don't understand the value of, you know, I'm getting that club nice and clean and understanding that clean friction based mm. contact between the face and the golf ball. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean and that that's kind of almost back to what Matt mentioned a little while ago with with the inspiration we took from from what you mentioned about the uh the hydro pearl finish on the Ping wedges and and we took a dive into the the Glide 3.0 and <laughs> I mean that was that was a that was a real game changer for us in, in, in the sense of I think people's taking sort of notice of some of the testing that we
1: were doing, and, and
0: even for us to yeah. start to dabble in that in that, sort of, uh, yeah. in that little area, uh, just being more curious than ever before.
1: I think it went also a long uh, way to uh, just uh, saying like the grooves are not everything, are they? Like it's, that, that finish is exactly. what Andrew's saying. Is that that's the, the friction yeah. is created by what yeah. goes on in the yeah. face. Absolutely. And the grooves are, you know, they serve yeah. a purpose, but not that Sure. Bit. Yeah, to
0: disperse the matter. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's the role.
2: And I must say that was very sneaky of you guys because I didn't say which wedges it was. Um, we tested, but I posted a picture of the club face of the two of them alongside mm-hmm. each other. And right. knowing you guys, you could look at the face and the grooves and go, "Ah, oh, that's that wedge and that's that <laughs> wedge." And it was funny how the uh, the week later, this new test has come out. <laughs> what a coincidence! Uh, what a coincidence! Well, we we very that. very sneaky.
0: I know we we had some other companies sort of reach out to us and, and uh, some of the R and D teams, and you know they were looking to us to to see how their wedges were stacking up in the test and. There was, uh, there was one one particular company was, was sort of on a, uh, en route to Pebble Beach for one of their, uh, I guess it was like a retreat for high-achieving accounts. And, you know, one of the, yeah. the guys in the bus is watching our video and, and they see their product being tested. And, you know, it fared okay in the test, probably certainly in the bottom half. But, you know, the, and he's sitting next to the R&D guy and he's going, what, why is this happening? And so he then picks up the phone. He phones his team you know, to, to start kind of running tests and this stuff has, has kind of, you know, yeah. shockwave
1: value. That's ins- I can't believe that you never sure. told me that story. That's yeah. a wild yeah, story. Yeah, no, that's,
0: I mean, it's incredible. That's so cool. they, they then started putting their own products through this testing that's and wonder why it's not stacking up in all conditions, you know, mm. when it's so vital. I mean, Amazing. um, that, that sort of stuff is, is really cool. Uh, on the, on the technology side of things, um, you've always been the first person I've seen with just about every new piece of technology. You had a trackman pretty much before anyone else had seen swing catalyst before anyone else. When did you realize that technology was going to be such a big part
2: of your teaching? Ian, you know, I think I just, uh, I got lucky. You know, I, I, I still remember with my buddy Blake shoe, we were walking around the PGA show one year and there was a company. It was a Scandinavian company called swing gear. And, mm-hmm. um, Swingia, and they had this mat that you could stand on and make swings, and it would have this weird-looking trace about all these different pressures that you'd put on the ground. And I certainly didn't understand it, but I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." Um, mm-hmm. I knew that when I when I sat in the first Trackman University in Orlando during the PGA Show, and I looked around, and there must have been 50 people in there, and uh, Trackman had just come out with their a Trackman Master certification. And I said to myself, "Okay." I looked at everyone in there. I said, "This is going to be a race to yeah. see who can get out in front." Because I know everyone in that room wanted to be a master. And I said, "I've got to be one of the first guys because just getting out in front of the wave." Um, you know, I think, I, I, I think uh, you look at track man and radar and that now, and it's it's just, it's kind of normal now, isn't it? Every it is. every coach yeah. has something of it. Almost every decent player has. Um, some kind of a launch monitor that they're using. Uh, I think we, as a coaching community, we understand ground pressure and forces that much better. Uh, the, the neat thing there is that, well, maybe not the neat thing, the the unfortunate thing there is there's so many different ways to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different formulas. There's no real set way, whereas on TrackMan, you look at the numbers, and if you want to hit a draw, you need that path into out there's just there's no other way to do it to hit a functional draw, you need the path into out and you need to face a little close to the path or just hit it off the toe every time um mm-hmm. and you can you, you can get the job done that way so um ground pressure uh track man i think 3d diii i, 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 I I'm, I'm in on k motion i don't understand it to the level that i would like to that i mm-hmm. need to most probably um i just think Look at look at us as human beings. We've advanced so much um, in all fields. There's no reason that that golf instruction is going to stay stagnant. You know, I once mm-hmm. uh, I was doing a seminar for the the Australian PGA, and uh, I was talking to this group of coaches, and I had a lady coach come up to me uh, at lunchtime, and she said, "You know, between you and I." Um, I just want you to know that I think uh, Trackman is a, is a waste of time. And I said, okay, you know, that's, that, that, that's your, you, you know, that's your opinion. But I said, how did you come to the seminar today? She said, uh, I, I came in my car. I said, well, why didn't you ride a horse? Um, you know, and it's, and it really is that because, we're advancing. Okay. We don't go places on horses anymore. Um, We don't, you know, we don't go to a doctor who, who doesn't have an x-ray or an MRI. And we don't, you know, we, we do, we've got better ways to do things. And as long as we keep an open mind and we understand it's not going to ruin you, um, it's only going to help you get to the, the issue, the heart of the matter that much sooner. And uh, I think golf instruction technology does exactly that it just helps it, it gives you better insight it gives you better information and gives you the ability to get back on track that much faster
1: yeah i think that's really well said too yeah
0: okay well uh we we could probably go on and on and on but um we will we will love you and leave you at that i think that's been a really really good uh good way for that's us awesome. to yeah, start so there the, the podcast journey,
1: absolutely. Yeah, it was great
2: talking to you, Andrew. That uh, that was awesome. Thanks, guys. Well, phrase. I, I I do have some questions. I, I've got a, a couple of questions for you. Okay, I what's your it. club speed up to these days? What's your club speed up <laughs> to? Oh, I love it. I love it. See, you know, and in,
0: in certain company, I can feel pretty good that it's up to. You know, one fifteen, somewhere around about there. Oh. But I'm sitting oh. in the room with two guys <laughs> who've both had their club head speed. One has been today around one twenty six, one twenty seven. The other guy, who's not even on the channel, he had it at one thirty two today. So oh, I mean, my goodness! I just need I need to pick
2: my uh, friends, Andrew. <laughs> mate, I've got to tell I've got to take my hat off to you, and I I honestly think that that you should um do a show, do a podcast pertaining mm-hmm. to how you, because I remember at Atlantic, you and I yep. were the same. We were like low one, one, oh, one, two, three max. Um, and you've, Absolutely you've moved, you've moved that to one fifteen. And I think I know, in fact, there are lots of people out there would like to know mm-hmm. how you've done it. Um, and, and what they can do to start to do that. Because as I say to people, and and golfers, I don't think golf coaches really understand this very well. It's it's what's the number one most important thing in playing good golf? Number one thing. Question well, for for each of you. What do you think it is?
0: The number one, number one. Wow. Well, I th- I mean, number with, one. With regards to the the topic of where we are right now, I've got to <laughs> imagine you know distance is involved in there somewhere
2: Right. distance because you know and, and i paint this picture for people i say okay here i am i stand up. i've got this perfectly fitted seven iron in my yeah. hand i take it back it looks like adam scott at the top i shallow yeah. that thing i rotate shift my weight i hit the ball out the middle of the face i take a little yeah. mo norman bacon strip divot the ball takes a <laughs> dead straight at the flag never leaves the flag and it lands at 96 yards from me yeah <laughs> that's true that's right <laughs> you that's know exactly it, it, it. how Yeah, how good can that golfer be? That Mm. golfer can only be so good. That golfer can never get to a point where they are really good. And so we've got to move the ball out there first. And Mm. so many just regular golfers desperately need to figure out a way. And I will say this, whether you're 7, 17, or 70, you can gain distance. You can definitely Mm. gain distance. But it takes work just like anything else. And once you can get the more moving, you're at 115 now, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to yeah. play with you ever again. Um, <laughs> but, but now, I would imagine now your priority is shifting from speed to control. Now you've got yes, to get to where you true. can have that face under control, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so now that's got to be the, the, the 2020 plan. But I would I, I, for one, would love to hear... Um, and just gain some insight into what you've done and how you've done it because it's, it's, it's just interesting and I think a yeah. of people can, can get some good takeaways from that, guys. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to hear about that for sure, yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's kind yeah. of funny, Andrew, that you mentioned that because the that that version of myself not many of the people that i'm around now know that version the 101 version yeah uh, you hear it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, i mean so so i think you know most people kind of who see it, it was certainly at txg and are in the company i'm in right now most people think i've always kind of been around 110 and upwards yeah. and and seen that kind of little progression but and, and i tell them you know because there's guys in our company who who swing around 100 miles an hour and I kind of try and let them know, listen, that that doesn't have to stay that way. There's, there's things you can do. Yeah. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to be uncomfortable swinging at a speed that you don't think you can handle. But, you know, always remember the body has, has so much more, so many more gears to go through. You just have to, you have to work in a sequence that allows that speed, access to that speed. Yeah. And, and I think that that was the biggest thing that I found, Andrew, was, was a sequence in my swing that allowed me to to access more more speed. Yeah, that was it for yeah. me for sure. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I will, yeah. I will have, uh, I'll have definitely put it. some thought into that one. I'd in, like to hear uh, it too. I mean, in, I mean I, in, mean, I used
1: to swing at like ninety eight when I was ninety eight miles an hour when I was yeah. probably twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So I think, are you serious? You know, oh yeah, one hundred percent. And and technique obviously is is ninety nine percent of it because um, I was you know I don't think I've gained much club clubhead speed through fitness. I think it's helped, but the technique is the thing that's I think the technique of how to Mm. create speed is something that just isn't understood. And I didn't understand Mm. it at all. And then once I got a taste of it, I saw kind of just like leaps and bounds over the years. I think that's where I
0: stalled on on gaining speed was because I was looking for it in the gym. One hundred percent. I would work out like a maniac looking for speed. I would I would try to lift more. I would try to, you know, be more dynamic in the gym and I was as stable as a, as a golfer needed to ever be, but I was not fast. Yeah. And, and no means was, was yeah. fast in any which way. And, and, you know, at the time I was surrounded by good players. At that time, Andrew obviously went, you know, with Hoyt and all those boys uh, back at Modern Golf. And they were all great players and they all hit it a ton. And, and I just always wondered what these sort of, uh, what the key, what the formula was to that speed.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it
0: was nice to um, be on that journey
2: it's uh well yeah congrats to you man congrats to both of you that's that's amazing and that that is something people would love to hear about guys put put it out there share that's,
0: yeah yeah find some archival videos from oh <laughs> i've got it i've got the TrackMan data i've got yeah, oh yeah yeah and in uh, the uh the old TrackMan um sort of uh, file we'll i've we'll got to, all we'll yeah dig, can that dig that those up. up love it dig those up for sure
2: okay yeah, brother well
0: yeah. we'll uh we'll love you and leave you as i say um Couldn't be happier that you're guest number one.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. What an honor. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope this venture goes as fantastically well for you as your previous venture went. And so just keep putting out the good info. And uh, I know me and all your other listeners and fans and followers love what you're doing. Keep it up. We appreciate appreciate that, that, Thank you.
0: We'll uh, we'll see you in Orlando in a couple of months. That's right.
2: Look look forward to it, guys. Cheers. eh? Thanks, thanks, Andrew. Bye
0: very cool
1: good conversation eh?
0: yeah yeah I mean always an interest and uh, always an interesting sort of you know guy to get a perspective on on a lot of things like that He was very a, sharp yeah, isn't yeah nice. very, very sharp. sharp very very aware that's what, almost what I was uh, you know getting to with the lead better stuff and the yeah, track so that the awareness the trackman was was what it was the even just that little insight into how he saw the trackman master program yep. and that he had to lead the way and, And and he was I mean if you if you go back and look at who was who were the Mm -hmm. top people to get master status, you know He was he was top of that list. Yeah, yeah, very very cool There's
1: definitely a there's sort of an insight to seeing what the future of it is Mm -hmm. and then obviously to apply himself to the right thing Yeah, it's I mean it's it's good. It's good obviously that that they kind of it's a leap at the time But when you look back and you think well, what what else would you have done Ring track man was was the thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's timing, you know, I can't help but think that and these things sometimes in life timing plays a huge role and you know his timing of when he came out of college and he he never spoke to it there but he, Andrew had a really bad hip injury okay. um so that kind of has debilitated how much he's been able to play the game and mm. uh, it, it kind of it kind of limits his, his ability to create too much speed and you know he's he's a he's a kind of you know like he said he's a hundred mile an hour swinger but you know, that's, that's a physical limitation rather than a technical yeah. limitation, that sort of thing.
1: Because so. he obviously understands, you know, the, the, the ways yeah. to create speed. he knows the mechanics. I think there's going to be opportunities to have, um, there's, we're fortunate to have connections to kind of mm-hmm. body movement experts. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was just in Orlando, I had some interesting conversations about exactly what you're talking about. Right. Physical limitations and mm-hmm. getting instruction before you know what yours are. Can almost yeah. be sort of um can be almost pointless yeah so i'm looking forward to talking more about that
0: well that's podcast number one podcast number one uh i'm really happy we were able to do that with that uh, with andrew as i say he's, yes he's someone who's been a huge influence on on me uh I would have met andrew when i was around 28 years old okay um so he's he's certainly someone i've looked up to and, and he's been a huge inspiration to me so so that that was that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I think that will that will serve as a, a big compliment, to him, Obviously, because yeah. people always wonder sort of how you got your start, and that's uh, I've heard you yeah. mention him, you know, many many times. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most recurring name yeah. I've heard yeah, about yeah. from you For in sure. terms of who sort of shaped your uh, your knowledge and sort of your path in golf. So
0: yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, I mean, anytime we would get together, it was just it was just it was a it was a science experiment waiting mm-hmm. to happen. We would we you know bounce ideas off one another. I would love to watch him teach. He would come over when I was doing fittings. Yeah. We just always had great conversation about what made what tick right. uh, from from one person's aspect. And, you know, it's just, just a real yin and yang. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: Great stuff. So uh, we're going to be on the phone with Gareth Rafluski for yep. episode, episode two. Episode
0: number two coming looking,
1: swiftly. Coming today. Uh, not yeah. for listeners, but coming for us today. Um, that's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. that as well. Speaking yeah. of things that are misunderstood, short yeah. game and putting and stuff like that is is a big one and obviously someone like gareth that's been so successful there's going to be some some interesting stuff there. and i think
0: people will will kind of maybe you know potentially be less familiar with the name but once once they hear the resume i think uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to stand up and take notice of his body of work and the success he's having uh, on on major tours around the world all right podcast, podcast number one signing off
1: signing off in the books